Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. You're listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, a show where we discuss trends, marketing, pop culture, and just girly things, because at the end of the day, everything is an ad. I'm Ad Week's Europe brand editor, Rebecca Stewart, and I'm joined by my brilliant colleague and friend, Luz Corona, Ad Week's community editor. How are you, Luz? Last episode before the holidays, are you feeling festive? Hey, Bex. Yes, feeling festive, feeling stressed, feeling all the all the mom things, I think, to get everything in order, but looking forward to time off. What about you, Bex? Yeah, 100%. I'm feeling a bit more festive now. I've been to a few Christmas parties, had a few mulled wines. Not today, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> just generally feeling a bit bit more festive. Um, but yeah, we have a great episode lined up for you guys today. And in case you haven't heard, 2023 has been dubbed the year of the girl. And we have a great last episode of the year lined up for you today, because in case you haven't heard, 2023 has just been dubbed the year of the girl. We've had 12 months filled with the Barbie movie, the girl dinner, girl math, the Taylor Swift, in fact, just Taylor Swift everything. Um, But in some respects, it also feels like women's rights and gender equality are going backwards. So today we're going to discuss how brands and media can make sure 2024 really is the year of the girl and not on a superficial level. Joining us to discuss this we have two fabulous guests they are Deborah Joseph Glamour's UK editor-in-chief and European editorial director and Sammy Lambert Adweek's director of social media that's right we have an exciting episode today and before we dive into that we want to cordially invite you our listeners to our first Adweek event of the year Outlook 2024 on January 23rd in New York Join Adweek for this important in-person gathering of the brightest minds in the business as we dive into the near future and focus on the key issues that will matter most to the industry. And as the year closes, we'd love to wish you, our listeners, a very happy holiday season. It's been such a busy one for Liz and I in 2023, but we can't wait to bring you more. Yeah, that's probably an ad in 2024. And if you'd like to send us some season's greetings, um, suggestions for what you want to hear more of next year or anything else, send us an email on podcast at adweek.com. Now, without further ado, let's jump into our chat with Deborah and Sammy. 
So welcome, Deborah, and welcome, Sammy. How are you both doing today? I'm good, thanks, Rebecca. Thanks for having me. Good, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us to talk about just girly things. Um, So as we mentioned in the intro, girliness and girly aesthetics have dominated pop culture this year, whether it's been Taylor Swift, The Girl Dinner, Barbie. But I want to figure out why. And before we kind of unpack this and talk about girldom a bit more in depth, you know, why do we think there's been a resurgence of these girly trends? And what does it say about society right now Deborah maybe you can kick us off well what does it say about about us as a society well that's a tough question obviously we've come out of the pandemic we were all cooped up for nearly two years and we've come back out to the real world and back into our jobs and our, our domestic duties and 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 um, expectations on women and I think we're all kind of recalibrating and looking at where we are as women um, and I think there's incel that's that's risen in conversation. There's a whole um, stuff around abortion in America and also in other countries as well. And we're just really questioning where are we as women right now and what do we want for our lives? And it doesn't always paint the prettiest picture. And also there's, you know, there's a rise in TikTok and, you know, smaller snackable content. I think all of these have mashed up together to make us all really question I don't know, as I said earlier, what's our position in life right now? Mm-hmm. And this kind of girly aesthetic has emerged like as a resistance to that, I'd say. Do you think that's fair, Sammy? Um, I think a little bit. I think every year has kind of been the year of the girl and um, girls have been, uh, I guess, interested in the same kind of things and love being girly. There's just been so much stigma around it. And it's unfortunate because I think this year, it's really blown up because people realize how much spending power women have through things like Barbie and the Eras tour and the Renaissance tour. And they're like, wow, this stuff actually makes money. The things that women are interested in and girls are interested in is making a lot of money. So now all these brands are jumping on, um, which is kind of, I mean, it's great and amazing to see, but also a little bit sad because we've always been interested in these things. We've always been very feminine and very girly and love um, music and pink and all these things we just have been so shame there's so much shame around it so I do think like maybe these things aren't necessarily new they're just we're able to post about it and be extra feminine about it because now we've proven that there's money behind it and so people care a little bit more I have to say I, I have to say I think we've been having these conversations for a long long time I'm probably a little bit older than you and it feels like it comes around in 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 decades you know different periods of women's movement raises its voice I certainly think since since me too the position of women mm. in society has been a massive conversation um, more than ever and and the rise of equality and feminism you know when I was growing up just the word feminism was a dirty word whereas now Gen Z and young millennials are really owning that conversation and I think that's incredible to see. It's such a positive thing for women to be saying that um, you can categorise us however you like, but we're going to own the conversation about ourselves. You know, women have been pigeonholed in different ways throughout the, since the beginning of time, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and now I think we're owning a lot of that. And I think social media in particular, I think since the rise of social media, women have found communities and, you know, just started off with, with Facebook as a community and then it was Facebook groups and then it was find your community through hashtags and now it's very much on TikTok. I think women are finding other like-minded women to share these these experiences that we've all had and we've all we've all internalized and that and now we're like, oh it's not just me, it's all of us who feel this way. 
And I think those voices are being heard and raised louder and louder. So yeah. lovely. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. I, I Amen. I just want to say like amen to everything <laughs> you guys just said. But, um, you know, it's interesting because even something as simple as Barbie, you know, created a movement where women can speak about these unique experiences. Like we all, you know, we're so empowered this year. We like really leaned into like sporting our pink and, you know, and it was everywhere and it was great. Um but part of the reason we're, you know, chose this topic today is that we also had a year where we were going back, we are going backwards in many respects. So, you know, for example, Roe v. Wade, you know, geopolitical situations across the globe that disproportionately affect different communities of women. Um, there's less women in leadership, women's rights being violated in countries everywhere. I mean, I don't have to tell you guys this. It's just, it's also been quite a year in that sense. So, um, even though it's been the year of the girl on a superficial level, it's been celebrated by both brands and media. So now that we are approaching 2024, I'd love to uh, ask you both, how can both brands and the media play a role in making sure 2024 is truly a year for women as a whole? Sammy, maybe you can start? Yeah, I think especially if you're going to be a brand or a company that's jumping on a trend, a girly trend, and trying to um, be a part of the movement, you have to back it up, not just with an Instagram picture that has a bow on it, but also by, you know, donating to foundations, by making sure you have women in leadership in your own company, making sure that you're really creating community and uplifting people, making sure you're donating to, you know, abortion clinics and like really taking a stance on these issues. I think yeah, just joining a movement and making something pink is kind of not enough. And so I think that's one place that everyone can start. I mean, it's an easy way people can start. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brain or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, Forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Agreed, Sammy. And Deborah, what about you? What were, um, you know, what are some ways that both brands and media in 2024 can really make sure it's uh, truly a year for women? I mean, Sammy, I agree with every single word you said just then, really and truly. I think that 
I think it's the idea of, of, of brands jumping on a trend that's problematic. You know, no brands should be jumping on any trend. Women aren't a trend. Our needs are, are not a trend. You know, we're, we're 50% of the population or 51% of the population. And, you know, our needs should be taken seriously and um, with depth. So when we work with brands, for example, on Glamour, we always do our due diligence. If they want to talk around female empowerment we do all the things Sammy that you've just said we check do you have a history of supporting women do you have equal pay do you or, you know and they don't have to be perfect you know it takes time to be perfect as a brand I mean god which one of us is perfect and which brand is perfect nobody but certainly have you made strides have you, have you attempted in the long term to to address equality within your business and in, and in your marketing um or are you just doing it because it's trendy here and now and then next month there'll be another trend to jump on so i think authenticity is key and also having women at the table um do they have female leadership um that's something i always think about when brands want to come and work with us it's like if it's all men in the in the business um and in the meetings with them then there's something not quite right with that mm-hmm. for sure and Deborah, you've just closed the um, the Glamour UK kind of Women of the Year issue and, and awards. Can you talk a little bit about that and what were some of the kind of who were some of the standout Women of the Year for you and what were the defining moments for women like within the kind of pages and reams of Glamour online and in print? Well, we were talking of Barbie. We were lucky lucky enough to have America Ferreira, who was just incredible, absolutely incredible. And um, she, obviously, from Ugly Betty, she's always spoken up for, for women. And in, in that case, in Ugly Betty, it was about um, appearance and our perceptions of beauty. And now she made the most feminist speech of the year in Barbie, obviously, addressing all the the challenges that women have and the judgments and the unfa- and the unfair judgments. So she was my standout woman of the year. She was she was a global icon. We 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 had her across all our, our glamours, five glamours, um, America, Mexico, UK, Spain, and Germany, and that was incredible. And um, we had Leanne Pinnock, another one. She's going solo. She's standing on her own two feet. We had um, Hannah Waddingham, who's found huge success in her forties. So it was nice to hear from that perspective that not everything happens when you're twenty one. Sometimes it takes years and years and years. Um, so yeah, it was it was a really incredible experience just to have that many powerful women in, in the room, but also using their voices for good. That that people, women are not afraid to use their voices for good anymore, and that's just something that I've seen change over the years. What a great list! Oh wait, I have something. Sorry, I, I forgot to say this before, but I think it's important, um, and I think it is great that this is the year of the girl and the year of the woman, but it's really hard to fully be in the year of the woman and the year of the girl when not all women and girls are free to express themselves. And I think this is something that like brands and companies need to understand when they're either jumping on trends or even us talking about it is like, there's a lot of women who are in, um, living in countries or under governments that don't allow them to express themselves. And like, how can we be so, feel so free when not all women are free. And I think it's an interesting um, kind of dichotomy that I'm like, yes, you're the girl. I love this. All girls, we're we're so free to be girly. And like, this is amazing. But there's women who, yeah, are under governments who are not letting them do that or are in the middle of war. And I don't know. It's something interesting to think about. Mm -hmm. I mean, just in the UK alone, I I think our gender pay gap improved by 0.2 percent this year so I don't see that as a year of the girl you know even in the UK obviously we know around the world many many women's voices still are not being heard and are not allowed to be heard which is something that 
It's never going to be the year of the girl until everyone's women's all women's voices are heard. And until there's equality and equal pay and equal opportunity and um, access to affordable childcare, these are all issues. Really, we say it's the year of the girl, but it hasn't been really because none of those things have been achieved yet. It's like mm-hmm. the I beginning, have... the beginning of the. It's the beginning. The we're having beginning. a conversation. Yeah. We're the dawn of the girl. The dawn of the girl. Yeah. I would have to yeah. say as well, like coming back to the kind of idea that brands can support this. I think I was trying to, uh, when Liz and I were talking about this episode, and you too, Sammy, I was trying to brainstorm some brands that I actually thought were moving the dial. And sadly, I could only really think of two. And that was Dove that's done some amazing work through its self-esteem project, made a real tangible difference to girls kind of around the world, to your point, Sammy. Um, And the other one was Essity, they own body form, which is Libres um, in some countries. And they have been kind of at the forefront of like busting taboos around everything from menopause to periods um, and beyond. But I do think it's sad that we can't think of more examples because every year Edelman releases its trust barometer and brands are more trusted than governments now. So I do think that they should be doing more. They, They yield so much power. And I think that they should be working with more women's media working with more women just generally to kind of to move that dial that's what I would like to see in 2024 you you know there is still sexism around women's media though and I can really say that being the editor of Glamour that I think that sometimes when politicians speak to us I see on social media people say why are they speaking to Glamour magazine you know Mm. when they should be out doing serious work and I respond sometimes on on social and say yeah you know they're really idiots these politicians were talking to 8 million women, 9 million women on the glamour platform. It's like, why wouldn't they want to speak to women? And there's still that slight sexism that, you know, women's brands, oh, they just talk about lipstick all day. Not that there's anything wrong with talking about lipstick all day, but, you know, yeah. they or, or the fact that you might want to talk about lipstick and politics, you know, as if they're, they're not mutually exclusive. Right. So I do think there's still that stigma around so-called women's topics. And, you know, that feeds into this whole conversation on social media, around feminine topics. They're still slightly belittled and um, not taken seriously enough. And we see the impact of that in healthcare and, it, well, in everything, really. Yeah. For, For sure. sure. And these, yeah, these issues, as you say, that, like, might seem fluffy or, you know, about an aesthetic yeah. to some people. To women, they mean a lot. Like, I want to read about lipstick and I want to read about Rishi Sunak. Like, those two. Exactly. Yeah, there's no Venn, there's a Venn diagram <laughs> of like women's interests and uh, they're so intersectional and, and multifaceted that yeah, I do, I do think more brands need to lean into those those kind of, that type of media. Yeah. I think people do struggle to think, to think while we're putting on our lipstick, we might be thinking about politics. It's a difficult concept for some people to grasp. They're yeah, like, what? But... No way. <laughs> she can do mind-blowing. <laughs> we are multitaskers for a reason. We can do yeah. all of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree with all of you, Rebecca, especially, you know, as we I hear um, Sammy and Deborah, you know, give their responses I keep thinking of Dove too and just how they fund research studies and they kind of like you know obviously nobody is perfect and all that but they really are kind of forming a blueprint Mm -hmm. that other brands could definitely follow um Sammy I want to bring it back to you for a second because you have a pulse on culture through your role at Adweek as our head of social um what were some of the girl trends that came up on social media this year like any trend that you wish would be around forever I mean even uh, we do have a lot of work to do but some of these trends really were fun and empowering (laughs) 
Um, yeah. So I think the ones that come to mind besides, you know, Barbie, Taylor Swift's tour and Beyonce's tour, which were all really centered around like girlhood and community, which I loved that aspect of it is like, it wasn't just buy a ticket to the tour. It was kind of like, we are going to dress in a certain way and we're all going to like be there for each other and we're going to give each other bracelets or we're going to take pictures of each other and we're going to talk to each other and we're going to take care of each other. Um, also there was, you know, like hot girl walks really came in. That was like more during COVID and even after there was girl dinner, there was girl math and like these trends, I mean, there's definitely negatives to them, but it is fun to see kind of girls come together and talk about something that they have in common. I think one example going back to brands that are doing this right um strava which is like the running app they did a collaboration with the like original hot girl walk and what they did is they brought a creator in and um on international women's day they actually did like a hot girl walk i think like challenge or something but then the money and the money went to like global initiatives by woman win which is like this organization um to so like they you know they jumped on the trend but they also made it in where they um they made it so they could also donate to a good cost and they like collaborated with someone so i would like to see more of that like yes let's hop on these girly trends let's be a part of this community that we're all a part of it's like i love being a woman i love being a i loved being a girl i love being a woman who can like revisit my girlhood i think a lot of why this is happening this year is like when we were young girls and when we were teenagers we loved this stuff you know like you we loved i don't know one direction and dancing in our room and like wearing little bows and whatever but we were so ashamed we were so it was so stigmatized and we were so not used to like being loud and proud about it that now women and millennials and boomers they're like oh it's cool to be a girl again. And I'm going to like relive my girlhood in a way that's cute and fun. And I don't care anymore what people think. And especially now that big brands are jumping on and everyone's jumping on and they see all the value. It's like, okay, I'm going to go do that. Like I might be 30 or 40 or 50 or in my twenties or a teenager and I'm going to do that. And I don't care anymore. Like I, this is fun. And I definitely feel that with myself. I'm like, I loved being a teenager. It was hard. It was really, really hard. But like, it's so fun to go back and like wear some glitter and put some bows on and, you know, be able to be like, yeah, this was cute and fun. And I want to do that. So I think I hope that's a trend that says like, let's be girly or not girly or be whoever we want to be and have be like proud of it. And also let's have brands who will if they are going to jump on, like, let's have them walk the walk if they're going to talk the talk. Yeah, for sure. And so, Sammy, what I'm hearing, it first of all, yes to all the above, the girl trends for sure. I'm actually like trying to look up Barbie stuff to still wear the rest of the year. Um, but what I was gonna say, what I'm hearing then from from you is like, if a brand jumps on a hot girl trend, like it should be kind of like in a unifying way because this is like kind of the beauty of these girl trends that have popped up. It's unified us all to just be more empowered and kind of do what we want to do. Um, and then have a good cause behind it and kind of do something to move the needle a little bit in terms of like what's yeah. right, right? Yeah. What you say? Yeah. Or support the community in some way. And, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. yeah. And Deborah, you're, you know, you mentioned earlier that community and like social media and listening to your audience is really important at Glamour. What issues and women's issues do you think your readers will want you to put under the microscope in 2024? 
Well, I think the girl math trend has been, I mean, I hate the term girl math because, again, it's quite reductive. <laughs> Obviously, maths mm-hmm. is maths and women are as capable of doing maths as anybody's. But um, especially, you know, I've got, I've got two young girls and the idea that the way they learn or think about money is any different to the way men do, is it, it's quite disturbing to me. Um, so I hope that the girl math trend, and I know it's popular, we've got a Money Matters column and a, a Facebook group where women talk about money all day long. So I hope that becomes a bigger conversation. I hope that banks and financial institutions take note of that and start speaking to women in in a way that reflects their lifestyles which are different to men's lifestyles in some ways and and the issues that we think about and our our concerns are sometimes different to men they're unique and I hope that the way that we're taught finance in schools and finance is spoken about in social media I hope that continues to grow and change and educate women to be in control so I think really unless you're in control of your finances you can't be in control of anything you can't be in control of your life in any way not your relationship not what you spend your money on so for me I think that's going to continue to be a big a big conversation next year I'm really interested in um, conversations around AI and consent which is also something's big conversation on social media I think it'll be interesting to see how AI um, starts affecting the imagery around women and deep faking and the shaming you know you mentioned earlier shaming how is AI going to lead to the shaming of women and what 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 can governments and, and social media platforms what can they all do to stop this and control it so um, that's one thing. And that's it. I, I love being feminine. You know, I'm in my 40s. I'm in a different stage of life to you both, I think. And, you know, when I was growing up, just wearing makeup was shamed. You know, you were called a bimbo if you wore too much makeup. And I'm so happy to see on our platform, people love makeup. They wear it unashamedly. And it doesn't mean that they can't then go and run a, run a multi-million pound business just because they love wearing a lipstick. So um, I hope that continues. And I think We'll definitely continue on that. And lastly, body shaming. So body shaming is one of the biggest topics that we discuss. You know, you're too fat, you're too thin, you need to go on this diet, you need to go on that diet, you need to look like this, you need to wear things like that. I think just commenting full stop on women's bodies has to stop. Um, So we will always be fighting that battle at Glamour. Yeah. For sure. And you know, Deborah, I feel like that also transcends different cultures too. Like it's something that I deal with like regularly just from older generations in like Latino culture. It's just like, and it, it's something that you have to unlearn too. Um, because, you know, being commented on your weight or what you're wearing, or you look great or not, you know, it's it almost like, then you notice it in other people. And I hate that. So I, I really I'm right there with you. I hope it, it kind of that ends that needs to end <laughs> it's gotta and it's gotta go <laughs> it's gotta go it's awful because then you internalize it don't you and then the things mm-hmm. that other people have said to you you start saying to yourself yeah so for me I think I think that has to stop just commenting full stop on women's appearance has to stop yeah I mean did you say did you see today that the um, pageant in France where this poor Miss France has, has been lambasted by politicians for having too short hair did you see that? Oh, oh my no, God! No. Uh, These are the headlines <laughs> we want to avoid. Yeah, she's oh. got, she's got, she's got this incredible pixie cut. She's stunning, and people, politicians have come out in outrage that you know Miss France has got short hair. I mean, when is this going to stop? Oh my yeah, God. how dare yeah. she? <laughs> this is like all the coverage around Madonna's tour. I've just found so disturbing, so sexist, so ageist. I want that to be banished. Yeah. in twenty twenty four. Yes. 
I agree. Add that to the wish list for sure. Um, (laughs) Sammy, I'd love to kind of conclude this conversation, um, turning it back to you, because as I said before, you're on the social platforms. It's part of your job. Um, And this is where naturally a lot of the trends came up, um, if not all the trends, you know, on TikTok and Insta. Um, So how do you think that social platforms can kind of close this gap that we discussed today between the capitalistic girl trends and driving real change for women, like specifically for social platforms? Mm, I do think, um, I don't know. I feel like it's a double-edged sword because it's so great that these platforms are uh, giving people a voice and kind of making these trends popular. But I do think that sometimes like girl math, like it can just take it, be taken too far. And, and it's so widely spread and so quickly with people who, you know, are maybe not experts in the field or can just say whatever they want. So it is really hard. I think brands will have to partner with creators because creators now they're changing the entire industry. Um, I think that's not going to stop anytime soon. And I think brands have to be really strategic with who they're partnering to really get their message across. And people just in general need to be a little bit more careful what they're saying on social media and how trends are spreading. Um, This is like individuals, brands, publications, just everybody. I think it's so easy to hop on a trend to be like, oh, this is going to get me a lot of views, you know, but like it's people, I wish everyone was just a little bit more intentional with what they're posting. Um, And in addition, I think not just like doing this is not just going to help women. And I'm not talking about posting on social media, but just you know, the year of the woman and talking about girly things, but this is also going to help men too. Like this is not just about women. So, um, yeah, I think sometimes we kind of leave them out of the equation and, you know, it's not about them and it shouldn't be about them, but this in turn, all the things that we talked about today is going to benefit the way that they are perceived and the way that they perceive us and the way that we work together. Um, and same with how people perceive women and who's really involved in our community. I think some people and some publications and some trends are really geared toward, you know, upper middle class, white American women. And that's not what this community is. And that's not just who it's for. And it goes so much wider than that. So I think um, we didn't really touch on that. But it's also really important when we talk about the year of the woman and being girly. It's not a specific type of girl. Um, that didn't really answer your question, but no, <laughs> that was way heavy I, on my mind. <laughs> I, I completely agree because I think you touched on something really important, which is also allyship, like, and also, you know, kind of tapping into men too to help here. And I think um, immediately I thought of the female quotient. They have these like discussions. I think they call it the manal. I don't remember. Like, it's like a man panel, yeah. but it's it's pretty much like inviting men to the stage too to discuss and just kind of like be aware and everything. And I found that last um, conversation that they they hosted. I thought it was like really informative at Advertising Week. So yeah, um, I feel like I men don't have to be on the stage, but they should just be listening. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ally, <laughs> Ally, <laughs> Valentina. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't watch that video the other yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's so important to bring men and boys into the conversation too. I feel like we could do a whole other podcast on that kind of allyship and how these issues affect boys too, because they do, let's face it. 
Um, but yeah, there's so much to unpack here, you know, intersectionality, inclusivity, equality. Let's hope for more of all of the above um, for girls and women in 2024. And if any brands want to come and speak to Liz and I about what you're doing and, and prove us wrong, this is an open call to join us on the podcast in 2024. But for now, so glad that Sammy and Deborah, you could both join us. Um, and listeners, we'll see you in 2024. Bye, everyone. Thanks, Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by me, Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Ahrens and John Heil, and edited by Lane McGivney at Boutwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Thanks for listening. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan.